You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. to be named later i am chris willis and i am joined again tonight by stephen talbert stephen the winter meetings are over and we didn't have to wait long for the braves to make a move what's up buddy yeah it was what uh you know overall for baseball it was not a great winter meetings it was a lot of sitting around and waiting for stuff to happen but you know for the braves and this has really kind of been a microcosm of the whole offseason the braves have done their part in terms of giving giving you know fans and 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 um and media and, and people who follow the sports, something to talk about. Uh, the Braves have probably been the most active team in baseball. And, and you could probably argue they were the most active team at the winter meetings. And um, so for us, people who have to, you know, create content, it was, it was good, you know, for on, on the Braves side, we had plenty of stuff to talk about all week uh, the rest of baseball, not so much, but yeah, we got, we got plenty to get to tonight. Yeah. My only complaint is, is it, it's like they don't start working until 11 o'clock at night. Um, I know. I think both it's of crazy. these trades, yeah, I think both of these trades come right around eleven o'clock. So, um, you know, it 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 it's, it is what it is, though. We'll take it when we can get it. Um, but the trade we're talking about, of course, was Braves acquired outfielder Jared Kelnick, left-hander Marco Gonzalez, and infielder Evan White from the Seattle Mariners for minor league righty Cole Phillips and uh, Jackson Kowar, who they had just gotten from the Royals in the Kyle Wright trade. You know, this was obviously mostly it was uh, all about McKellenick. It ended up being a lot of money tied up in this deal. I was pretty pleased, though. I mean, it's one of those things, if you can take that much money on to get a good young prospect that, uh, you know, hasn't realized his potential, but still only 24, you know, I think I think it's a good roll of the dice. Yeah, the Braves needed a left fielder, and the Braves needed, I think, you know, I talked about this a little bit last week. I think the I think the Braves needed another left-handed bat as well because uh, that, that was a, kind of an underrated part of Rosario was he uh, he helped balance the lineup and, and obviously, I didn't expect um, the Braves to trade for a guy that had five years of team control uh, like Kelnick does. You know, I wasn't expecting them for, to trade for, you know, a 24-year-old who was a top prospect in baseball not that long ago. Still has a ton of potential. It's such a weird trade because the Braves are very rarely the team that's taking on money to, to add talent. But that's what they did. They kind of used their financial muscle. You know, the fact that they sell out the, the battery every night and sell out all these games and, and roll it in money, it's good to see them kind of flex that. You know, that's an advantage you have over other teams that don't necessarily have that. And the Mariners are one of those. The Mariners desperately needed to cut money. Um, you know, Evan White and, and Marco Gonzalez both had enough money on their contract where if the Braves took that, then they were willing to give up, 
you know, a really good young player. And what a great trade, especially when it's just money. I mean, you know, Cole Phillips, he, he could be something down the line. You know, he's had the, the Tommy John. He hasn't thrown a professional pitch yet. He's pretty much a, a lottery ticket at this point. This was mainly about the Mariners needing to clear payroll to do other stuff. And and the Braves used that, kind of took advantage of that to get a guy like Kelnick, who otherwise probably wouldn't have been available. And so I love the deal. I love deals like that where you're really not giving up much except for cash. And we're going to talk about it in a minute, but obviously the Braves ended up sending Gonzalez to the Pirates um, and, and cleared at least some of that money. We don't know the 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 specifics on the financials yet, but yeah, they cleared some of that money and, and that makes the deal even better, obviously. So um, I love the deal. I love getting a guy like Kelnick. He's got five years of team control. The Braves needed a, a left fielder. I never bought the Vaughn Grissom stuff. I never really bought the, the, I certainly didn't buy the Forest Wall stuff. And so now they've got one and they've got a guy that can sit in the middle of the order. So yeah, I love, I, I love that trade. That was a great trade. Yeah, coming along with Kellen, it was Marco Gonzalez. He was owed twelve point, uh, I believe, twelve point two five million. Um, Evan White, who of course was one of the first rookies to sign a, a contract extension before he uh, uh, appeared in the in the majors. I think that was back prior to the twenty twenty season. He's been riddled with the injuries over the years. He's still owed seventeen million between this year, next year, and then I think an option for the twenty twenty six season. The Braves reportedly got four and a half million from the Mariners uh, to help offset some of that. But uh, again, the, the, they uh, we kind of wondered if Gonzalez might figure into the picture. Uh, but a report surfaced pretty quickly from Ken Rosenthal that the Braves were going to look to move move him on, and uh, they did that. Uh, I think the last night of the winter meetings, uh, sending him to the Pirates for a player to be named later which was interesting in its own right. The Braves were also sending cash along, but as it turned out, it looks like that uh, they might have been lining up to have Pittsburgh uh, select a, uh, a player in the Rule 5 draft. Uh, that didn't end up happening. Uh, so, you know, it looks like maybe uh, the Pirates might be sending cash back. So we, we're still not clear completely on uh, the deal with Gonzalez to the, Pits, to the Pirates. Yeah, and that, you know, depending on how much money they they were able to save just makes the deal with the Mariners better and better and better right like that was the essentially that's what the Braves gave up was was cash you know all due respect to uh Cole Phillips but this was a this was a deal about about the Mariners being able to clear out some payroll so they could do other stuff and the Braves willing to take that payroll on so if the Braves were able to offset some of that payroll then it makes the deal even better for them so um obviously once we get those details we'll we'll kind of wrap that up and 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 send it out uh, to the world but um yeah as we stand right now we don't know exactly what that looks like but it doesn't change it, it can only improve the the Kellnick trade like the more money the pirates ended up taking of, of gonzalez the better and better that trade looks so you know once we get those details it'll be easier to tell but you know i i, I was with i was with you I, I think brad and scott talked about this as well i wasn't sure if gonzalez was going to be you could have made the case that the I, and I've said this before, the Braves don't necessarily have to have a frontline starter. It, you know, if they have a guy that just can eat some innings, then they could probably justify doing that this offseason and, th- and then handle, you know, all the other stuff next next offseason. But, you know, as it turned out, they, they weren't at, they weren't that interested in that. They wanted to clear um, a good chunk of his money if they could. And it's it looks like that's what they did. So, yeah, just I, I think it's a great trade. I, I, I love getting off his money if that's what they did. And obviously I love getting, you know, getting Kelnick for, for basically just, taking on some dead money 
Yeah, and I mean, uh, I think, you know, when it comes down to it, I think Gonzalez actually could have been in that fifth starter um, conversation. But if they had the opportunity to move him and move, offload some of that money, you know, the reality is is they've probably got a lot of in-house options that are, you know, just as good and are cheaper than uh, than what Gonzalez would have been. They actually – Evan White today was outrighted off the 40-man roster. I know we had some speculation that maybe, you know, maybe he'd, he'd – um, stick around you know as a as a bench possible bench bad if he can get healthier or what but I'm really not sure what his future will be uh it looks like you know he could he could go to Gwinnett he's making a lot of money still you know I don't think retirement's in the cards yet but um unless his health situation unless there's something with the health situation that we haven't been informed about but um you know I wanted to talk about left field here because when they made this trade you know to me it looks like, uh, you know, Kellenick is the obvious starter. You don't take on that, am- that amount of money to have him sit around. He does have one option remaining, I believe. I believe I checked out the day of the trade. But the Braves continue to talk up Vaughn Grissom as a potential everyday player in left field. Uh, they've been very noncommittal about that. And, and, and Brian Snicker, you know, in, in typical manager fashion, said, you know, they've got 30 games in the spring to sort all that out. I know Grissom's supposed to start playing uh, winter ball in Puerto Rico this week. Uh, he's going to play that in outfield in left field, so you know that'll be interesting to see or be uh, to see how that um, how that, all that shakes out. I know one thing that entered my mind. It didn't enter my mind the day the trade was made, but a couple of days later, I kind of got to thinking about it, and I wondered if they could flip uh, Kellenick, you know, possibly in another deal. You know, it doesn't. They're not talking that. Uh, you know, they actually with the three-team deal with Sean Murphy last year. You know, basically the Brewers got involved because the A's wanted Estuary Ruiz, and the Braves, you know, had to send uh, William Contreras to Milwaukee to get him uh, so they could get the Mur- uh, Sean Murphy. So, you know, it, it it's probably not completely out of the question. Um, but you know, I don't I don't buy if Kellenick's on this roster, then I feel like he probably should get every opportunity uh to play in left field yeah i don't see a scenario where he's on the team and he's not the starting left fielder now i could see a scenario where they do trade him because he is five years of team control you know former top prospects still has a lot of value you know if the braves felt like they could trade him for a starter and then go sign a left fielder maybe you know that would obviously be a lot of moving parts um but it does make some sense but if he's on the team you know, if he makes it all the way through the offseason still on the roster, I don't unless he's in the minors, unless he gets optioned, I don't see any way he's not the starting left fielder. One, because he's left handed and most of the starters you're gonna face are right handed. So, you know, even if they're even if Grissom and, and Kelnick are even, you're always gonna pick the platoon split. So, um and you know, I have I, I've tweeted this out. I, I I really don't think they're going to put Grissom on the bench to begin with. I think I don't think Alex Horsnit likes having young players on the bench. It's a very difficult thing for for young players to do is to not play every day and still be ready when your number's called. It's a job that's much easier for veterans, and the Braves have always preferred to have veterans in those roles. So, not only do I think Kelnick will be the left fielder, I don't even think I don't even think Grissom's going to be his platoon partner. I don't I don't even buy that. So, uh, but we'll see. Obviously, there's a lot to do. The fact that they they traded Gonzalez means they're still very much in the pitching market. Um, you know, there was some talk if they kept Gonzalez, then they could probably justify going into the season with what they had. But you know, I think they're probably going to still be in the pitching market. But yeah, left field. I 
as long as he's on the team, I, I, I would be stunned if it's anybody other than Kelnick at this point. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I'm still on, on, uh, you know, record as being skeptical about this whole Von Grissom in left field. I still feel like if they trade for starter, there's a good chance Grissom might be in that package. Um, you know, but I mean, it, it, like I said, they've got options now and, uh, you know, I, I like, I'm like you, I really like the, uh, I really like this tele- trade, uh, even if it doesn't work out. I mean, he's Kellenick's making very little, and you know, and I mean, in this lineup, the pressure pressure's not going to be on him like it, it was in Seattle. And honestly, you know, it was a bad relationship in Seattle. So I'm kind of excited to see what the Braves can do with him. Uh, get him in, you know, working with uh, you know Kevin Seitzer, Chipper Jones. And just see if they can make some adjustments because he's he struggled against breaking balls, I believe. You know, mostly. I mean, he's hit the fastball well. He's just not going to see many of them. But you know, if you can drop him down to the eighth or ninth spot in this lineup, and uh, you know, suddenly Acuna's in the on deck circle, he may have to see a lot more fastballs than what he he saw in Seattle. And then that's not to even mention that you know Seattle's not a park that uh, hitters are just lining up to go. Uh, hit in uh so you know i think uh being at truest part for half his games will no doubt help him yeah and he's got i mean like i said he was a former top prospect he's got unbelievable you know credentials he's he's kind of tooled up in terms of you know speed power you know the braves have had a ton of success uh, a ton of success in developing hitters which obviously seattle really hasn't truest park is a much nicer place to hit like you said than than uh, whatever they call the park out in Seattle now. Um, so, yeah, it's and like you said, even if it doesn't work out, just on pure value, it's a smart trade because you know it's you're kind of you're working with balance of probability. Like, you know, the the chances that, that he, you can fix him and turn him into a really good player are probably better than the chance that you know Cole Phillips is going to be anything in the majors at any point. So, just on pure value. It's a it's a good move, and you know it's not really tied to whether it works or not because you really haven't put anything into it other than a little bit of cash this year and a little bit of cash next year, and that's it. So, um, yeah, I, I I I love the move. I love the move. The first time I saw it, every bit of detail we've got since then, I, I've only loved it more. And if the Braves ended up clearing all of Marco Gonzalez's money or, or a majority of it, then it's even better. It's it becomes uh, it goes from a, a really good trade to a, a, an unbelievable trade. Yeah, and one more thing before we move on, and and you you mentioned it earlier, and I wanted to reiterate it, but I forgot. You know, uh, we see them making this trade and taking on twenty nine million dollars, and a lot of people will probably say, "Well, why did you take that on? Why didn't you just spend it on a pitcher, or whatever?" But you know, the upside with Kelnick is 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 tremendous because you know he's he's making the league minimum right now. He's not even arbitration eligible. Uh, but I do think it's it, it's worth doubling down on. I mean, this team's in the tax again. You know, they've spent money, you know, they're, and one thing we've seen with them is they, they spend money wisely and, um, you know, and that can be frustrating at times, but you know, if, if you believe the reports out there, they were ready to make a huge splash for Aaron Nola. And if they had gotten him, I think it changes the picture completely. You know, you might not, you probably are not seeing them make this trade here because they probably wouldn't have been willing to, to take that cash on. So, you know, but the thing, the reason, one thing that gives me a lot of optimism is they're, you know, they're moving, uh, they're mo- moving Gonzalez. I still think they're gearing up for another addition. You know, I think, uh, I think they're still in the market for a starter and we're just going to see how, have to see how, you know, how it plays out between, uh, you know, now and the start of spring training. 
Brian Snicker spoke at the uh, winter meetings on Tuesday, and one of the topics he cut was asked about was the coaching staff. Obviously, the Braves lost Ron Washington, Eric Young Sr., and Drew French uh, off their coaching staff this season. The Braves have been really lucky over this six-season uh, six run. They've pretty much held their core together. Um, you know, Rick Kranitz came in in 2019, but the other guys have you know, pretty much been there, and uh, the core of that coaching staff's been there. Uh, Snicker said he didn't have any announcements to make as far as the coaching staff said they're doing their due diligence and they're not in any hurry. You know, so I thought that was that was interesting. We really haven't had any coaching, you know, coaching staff news uh, until today. There was a report that uh, an unverified report uh, today that said Erica Brayu. Uh, who is the Astros AAA pitching coach, will be the bullpen coach. That's not been confirmed. I know uh, DOB had that Walt Weiss is expected to take over some of the infield coaching duties that Ron Washington had. But, you know, here we are. It's, you know, it's still early. I mean, I I really am not expecting them to firmly, fully announce the uh, coaching staff probably until sometime in January. Yeah, and it could be even late. I mean, I've seen them do announcements like this in in early February, right before spring. So yeah, it might not be, it might be a while. And I, I don't really think there's any reason to hurry. It's, you know, it's, especially when you're dealing with people that have been in baseball for a long time, these are typically positions that you can come in and pretty seamlessly, you know, uh, acclimate to a new team. So, I, you know, I don't think there's any urgency. I've said this before about the coaching staff. I have no clue what, what is considered a good, third base coach candidate or, or a good first base coach candidate I, I i just don't know i don't know what the team looks for i don't know what kind of you know characteristics or traits they're they're out there after so i can't tell you if eric abreu would make a good bullpen coach or not i have no idea this is when it comes to the coaching staff it's pretty much just i let the the front office pick who they want and i'll i'll trust them that it's a good hire because i don't really know what they're looking for so but yeah i wouldn't expect any big news anytime soon there's there's no rush and i i i I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of people interested. I know a lot of people would like to work on the staff and, and work for this organization. So um, there probably is a pretty decent process in terms of sifting through all the people interested. So, yeah, it could be a minute before we hear anything. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'm really interested in is to see if, uh, you know, if it, they uh, hire internally. Uh, that's the big thing. I would think Matt Tuyasasopo would – uh, you know, be in line uh, possibly if they if they do anything internal. I know Tom Goodwin, who was a roving instructor, had his names come up a little bit. But you know, I think if if they do go outside the organization for Abreu, you know, it shows that they're not just they're not not going to promote from within automatically. At least they're going to go out and you know see who's out there and who who might be available to uh, come in. So you know, I think that's a good thing. Um, we'll see. I know a lot of people are interested in it, and it's you know again, it's not something that we've we've really had in off seasons. I mean, they Braves haven't even announced the last few years because everybody was under contract and was coming back. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they fill out the coaching staff. Alex Anthopoulos also spoke Tuesday and, you know, Alex, uh, Alex, he's always entertaining. Um, I've always said, you know, he's the master. He can talk for 25 minutes and not really tell you any, much of anything, you know, but uh, he's always got great answers and I love to listen to him. Uh, but, you know, at the, the big takeaways I got from his press session was he reaffirmed that they they haven't considered and won't be trading any of their young core that signed extensions. You know, think Ozzie Albies, uh, Michael Harris, uh, Sean Murphy, Matt Olson. 
you know, obviously a few of them, uh, some of the names was uh, put out there, but not nothing in real rumors. But, you know, he doubled down on it again. I know he spoke at the uh, winter meetings twice, and he doubled down on that both times. Uh, so, you know, I think that's something that doesn't come as a surprise to me and you either as far as that goes. Yeah. Well, first of all, it was really funny because everybody knew exactly who he was talking about. There was only one article written that even suggested that the Braves – you know, trade Ozzy, trade Michael Harris for pitching. And, and so, you know, and, and Alex doesn't normally come out so boldly and have such strong takes about anything. You know, like you said, he's he's kind of the master at, at talking without saying anything. And and so it was very interesting. And I do think there's an I do think there's an interesting point to be made there. And I thought about this like the next day because the the, the day it happened, everybody was just focused on how funny it was that he was dunking on, you know, a, a local columnist. But um I think there's a more important point, and that is, and Alex mentioned this, that the Braves do not give out no trade clauses as a team. It's a it's a rule in the team. They don't do it. And so when they sign these these big extensions, which obviously they're known to do, the only guarantee that the player has that the team is going to honor that extension is their word. And I think when Alex heard somebody speculating that they might trade one of these extension guys, I think it pissed him off because you know, in terms of players, one of the big no-nos with players is signing a guy to extension and then trading him. That's a big no-no. You don't do that to players. That's a really good way to piss off your players. That's a really good way to lose trust, to never sign another player to an extension like that. The only currency you have is your word that you won't do it, especially when you don't hand out no trade clauses. And I think that's why Alex came out so strongly in opposition of that idea, because he wanted to make sure everybody was clear that they're not going to sign these guys to these extensions, which a lot of them are team-friendly, and then trade them. That's a very disrespectful thing to do, and it's a very good way to make sure you never sign another one of those extensions again because players just won't trust you to do it. So um, it, it is an important point that when when Alex, when this team signs these guys to these extensions, even though they don't hand out no trade clauses, it is essentially a no trade clause with it. They, they're not going to bail on these guys. They're not going to send them off somewhere else you know, still stuck on this team-friendly extension because when they signed it, they obviously wanted to play in Atlanta. So I do think that was an important point, and I, I probably got missed a little bit because, you know, it was such a funny quote that he gave. But um, I think that is an important part of the Braves' philosophy is you sign these guys to these extensions and you keep them around, and that's how you build trust with your players, and that's how you sign other extensions like this with other players going forward. Yeah, and I mean, these these contract extensions are so – team friendly that if you once you have to replace this guy you're going to end up paying more for a guy with lesser talent it just never made much sense i mean sure you've got holes but you're not going to create other holes you know to fill those uh you know fill the pitching staff or whatever so um you know he did uh another thing that was interesting and he spent a lot of time on this and i don't you don't really see gm spend this much time uh, but he spent a, a he talked a lot about discrediting the rumors that were associated with the Braves around the uh, uh, during the winter meetings. Um, you know, obviously there was a an MO, uh, John Morosi report about Shohei Otani still being intrigued with the team. Uh, obviously, they've been linked to Dylan Cease. You know, I kind of think that uh, him talking this because a lot of GMs, I mean, would just like don't pay attention to that stuff. You know, what's it matter? Um, but you know, he was he was pretty adamant about it, and I kind of took it two ways and it kind of ties back into the first uh, thing we were talking about 
Um, you know, obviously he could be talking about Otani, he could be talking about Cease, uh, but there was also been speculation from the local media that, you know, they might have to move a Marcelo Zuna or Rizel Iglesias, you know, to clear some more salary space. Obviously, we don't know, you know, we don't know how much they have to spend, and those are two significant contracts uh, that they could move uh, that would clear some salary space. Uh, but, you know, and I think, you know, again, I think uh, I think he wanted everybody on the team to know they're not looking to subtract anybody. In fact, he basically said that. He said, we want to add, we're not looking to subtract, which I thought was notable, especially for a team that's in, in a, you know, in the tax for the second straight time and has a, you know, the highest payroll in franchise history. You know, we're going to talk a little bit more about Otani and Dylan Cease here before we get out of here. But, you know, I, I, I don't remember ever seeing a GM go to the links to discredit the, the rumors without calling names ever before as I, as he did in that uh, in that press session Tuesday. Well, I think we I think we all know that Alex hates rumors. He hates he hates the team ever being in the news before a, a move is made. He does not like leaks. He he despises that stuff. I think it was me and Scott. I can't remember who I was talking to on Twitter. I think it was me and Scott. We're talking about, you know, h- how easy it is to control leaks when it's a free agent signing versus how easy it is to control leaks when it's a trade and you have to deal with another team and then you're dealing with another front office and are they leaking stuff? I think Alex just gets really frustrated with how um with how leaky some front offices are when he's trying to have conversations with with teams about players and he keeps reading about it in the news and you know i think that's what i took away from it was that you know instead of trying to get these other teams to to stop leaking information it's just easier for him to go out in front of the media and say listen any rumor you hear is not true and that kind of just covers all of his bases now obviously we know some of them are true i mean we've know we know in the past we've seen examples that there are moves the Braves make that get leaked before they happen. Like that's not, you know, Alex has kind of built this reputation that nothing ever gets out. And it's kind of, the reputation has kind of grown past the reality. If we're being honest, that's not true, especially with trades. And that's what I was just saying that trades are, it's harder to keep leaks, you know, under control when you're dealing with a whole nother organization and they have an entire front office. You don't really know who on that side is in the know. And, you know, people talk to reporters. It's just tough. You can't control everything. And, and I think Alex gets very frustrated by that. And, you know, if you're frustrated about it, the easiest thing to do is just go out and say, you know what, if you guys hear a rumor about us, that's how you know it's not true. And, you know, that's that's GM speaking, and, 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 you know, in one way because it's that's not exactly true. You know, the, the Sean Murphy deal got leaked well before it happened. Um, you know, there was there's been moves that Alex has made that people knew about before the team announced it. So, um but it'll be interesting to see it because, you know, the Dylan C stuff got really loud there for a minute and then it cooled off again. And I, I am interested to see if uh, how true that was or if it was true at all. You know, we'll know more when Cease actually gets traded. But, um, but yeah, it was funny. Alex, you know, he was he talked more in his media availability, you know, at, at the winter meetings that I've really ever heard him talk, and, and especially in terms of, you know, substantive talk where he's actually giving you real answers and, and you know, talking uh, for real about subjects instead of just, you know, nothing speak, which is kind of what he masters in. So, but yeah, it was funny. Yeah. And I mean, he, uh, he said that, you know, they've, they've targeted two players this off season and one was Jerry Kellenick, one, the other was Aaron Bummer. 
uh, you know, and they went out and got them. Obviously, you know, I think the interesting thing about rumors, and we've talked a lot about them on the – you know, I, I answered a couple of mailbag questions uh, last week before the winter meeting started about rumors and how we handle them. I think a lot of it's just due diligence, you know, that it will – I think the Braves check in on everybody, you know, and, um, you know, and I think uh, – you know, sometimes that gets reported as rumors. Um, you know, obviously, I remember back in uh, before the 2020 season, you know, uh, it came out that in November, I believe, that um, they had, you know, they were interested in Marcelo Zuna, which at the time made absolutely no sense whatsoever because they had too many outfielders. Uh, but, you know, as once Josh Donaldson left and, and signed with Minnesota, they came back to Ozuna in January and signed him to, to a one-year deal. Um, so, you know, I mean, it, it does get out there. I think a lot of it is just due diligence. And I think there's some, you know, there's some, um, there's some play with agents too at times, because, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, you've got a, a client that's, you know, uh, trying to go to the highest bidder and you can leak out, if you're negotiating with the Mets and you can leak out that their division rival, the Braves are interested too, it might up that offer, you know? So I think the Braves are a popular team to get linked to. Uh, and and a lot of times the out the out probably is that they have done their due diligence and have been in contact, but you know nothing ever materialized from it. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting. It's a it's a fun game for the off season. The off season would be dull if we gotten absolutely nothing but signings, uh, because you've seen how few and far between those signings have actually been. I know, you know, a lot of a lot of fans out there want to lament uh, all the rumors and you know want to. Uh, you know, don't want to believe any of them, but you know, can you imagine what it would be like if you didn't have them? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. I mean, like you know, if Alex had his way, you, you know, you and I would have absolutely nothing to talk about for ninety nine percent of the off season, right? Like he would, it would just be the day they make the signing or make the trade, the team announces it, and that's it. And obviously, as a fan, that's not what we, you know, we want. We want content. We want you know interesting things. I, I think. You know, this is not on our outline, and we didn't plan to talk about this. But I think the I think the league needs to step in and and maybe look at doing something to to try to push more content, more concentrated, you know, signings, more concentrated trades. Um, I know Travis Shawick of 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 the Score wrote an article this week about how you know he thinks there needs to be a dead period that starts at the end of the winter meetings and goes for about a month to try to get some more signings that happen kind of in an, in an early signing period you know, to really spice up the action. And, and I think it would make the winter meetings really fun. If, if the winter, you know, the last day of the winter meetings, there was a, a deadline essentially that, you know, if you don't get it done by the end of this day, then you have to wait a whole nother month before you can sign or trade for anybody. And I think that I, I love that idea. I think it would be great. I, you know, anything we can do to get a little bit more excitement. Uh, MLB's off season is just such a sludge. It's just such a, a slow burn and, and it's, it's really hard to it's it's hard to get through sometimes, honestly. And, and I, you know, if Alex had his way, it'd be even harder to get through because there'd be no rumors ever. So um, I love rumors. Uh, we try to be responsible with them, but um, you know, it's fun. It makes it it makes the off season you know go by a, a little bit quicker. All right, let's take a break and then we'll come back and uh, hit on some of these uh, free uh, free agent targets and, uh, and the big storylines that coming out of the winter meetings. Sounds good. Just doing a little rumor lightning round here uh, coming out of the winter meetings. You know, Shohei Otani, obviously still the biggest story out there. You know, Alex Alex was asked point blank about John Morosi's report. And, and he said, 
again, he, he reiterated, they have not targeted a position player other than Jerry Kelenic this offseason. That was, that's paraphrasing, but that's pretty much to the point of what he said. Now, I was met with, uh, I had an argument for at least 15 minutes that a DH is not a, a position player. I think you're, you know, I think you're splitting hairs and, and trying to twist things as much as he was. I'm not 100% sure that uh, uh, Alex was talking about Shohei Otani, but at the same time, the question was specifically asked about Shohei Otani. Now, by rule, he can't mention any free agents publicly, and we know Otani's camp has gone to great lengths to keep things uh, quiet and it, to the point where it's been reported that they were going to penalize any team that stuff leaked out, which was funny because Dave Roberts, uh, the Dodgers manager Dave Roberts, pretty much spilled his guts um, and may or may not have got reprimanded by the front office after after that um, the press conference at, at the winter meeting. So, you know, the Otani stuff to me never made much sense. I do think Otani was probably would be intrigued with the Braves, uh, obviously, you know, they've won six straight seasons. That's something he's never, um, you know, he's never experienced. Uh, but I think, you know, he's also going to want to win and he's probably going to want to get three, four hundred, five hundred million dollars, depending on what you believe. So, you know, as much as I think, you know, it, it I mean, every team should be wanting to show hell tiny. Uh, but I never really thought that it was something that was, you know, even, even possible. I'll say this about Shohei, and I, I, I agree. I tweeted as much. I got, I got yelled at a lot because I, I was basically the wet blanket, and I said the exact same thing that I'll, I'll believe the Braves are going to give somebody five hundred million dollars the day I see it, and, and not a moment before. But I will say this about Otani: if he was going to pitch next year, and he, and he solved that problem for the Braves, I don't. I'm not saying they would do it, but I think they would consider it a lot more. Like the fact that he's not going to pitch next year and the Braves desperately need some help in the rotation or not desperately, desperately is too strong of a word, but they, they need help in the rotation. I think you could swallow that pill a little easier if he at least filled that need for you next year. And then obviously, you know, into the future after that, you know, if Max leaves or Charlie retires or anything like that, the fact that he's not going to pitch next year and you don't really know how much he's going to pitch period. You know, he's going to have Tommy John surgery. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's tough. You know, when you're when you've got so many position players already on the team, can you justify giving that much money to a guy who might just be a DH? I I don't know. I I don't think you can. Uh, I would love it. It's not my money, of course. I mean, you put Otani and Acuna in the same lineup, I might I might pass out. I mean, I I I, I would be so happy I'd cry. But um, I would love if they did it. But I, you know, if you're just talking about the you know, the logic of it, how much sense it makes it, it's tough to make a case. And, you know, like, like you said, he, he, I'm sure he does want to win more. Um, and the thing about that is, you know, he can go to the Dodgers and win and he can get $500 million. And I don't know if the Braves are, are handing out that kind of cash. So yeah, I don't see it. I don't buy it, but it'd be fun. I mean, I can't, I having the top four be Acuna, Otani, Riley and Olsen would be, um, it'd be, it, it would, it would be incredible, but yeah, I don't see it. You know, I know there's uh, been a lot of pushback, uh, especially in the last day or two, as you know, some reporters have, have questioned, uh, the Otani's desire for secrecy. I mean, we're assuming that he's already had Tommy John surgery. We don't know if it was full blown Tommy John surgery or if it was an internal brace procedure or what it was. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe that's the way they want it. I'm sure the team's negotiating with him, um, 
you know, want that, but there's a whole level of stuff that comes with, uh, you know, trying to get a guy like that. And I mean, it's his right. He's a free agent. He can handle it however he wants to. Uh, but I don't, you know, I just don't think it fits for every single team, you know, some of the Otani rules and, you know, I know that makes me sound like the wet blanket now. And, uh, you know, but I think the Braves would love to have him, honestly, if, you know, if the situation was right and he was really willing to come, but we've just never seen them, you know, we've never seen them spend at this level. Now he's obviously in a class by himself. Uh, I thought Dave O'Brien so, wrote a good article talking about the reasons they wouldn't sign him, but then, you know, circled back to the stock price. We don't know how that would affect anything because the Braves are really the only team, you know, that's got the, that's uh, publicly traded like that. I would assume that it would, it would skyrocket, you know, if they signed Shohei Otani, um, you know, but I will, the last thing, since I was a wet blanket, I am going to end, end this uh, on a positive note. Maybe one reason, you know, you can always go back to Alex, and the only thing I will say that about it is if, um, you know, they didn't, if the Otani's camp doesn't want anything leaked out, then maybe that's why uh, Alex spent 20 minutes, uh, you know, discrediting all the rumors that's been around. Maybe they have talked. You know, I, I feel like they probably did their due diligence and they probably decided real quickly if they had a shot or if they didn't. And uh, I'm leaning towards they probably don't. Uh, but I will happily uh, come on this podcast and, and tell everybody how wrong I am if they did sign him, you know, and I think you did the same. Could you, could you imagine if we just were scroll, scrolling Twitter one day and just the blue box got tweeted out that the Braves had signed, show it, like the, the team just tweeted it out. It would, I, it would literally break Twitter. Like Braves Twitter wouldn't, it would melt it down. There would be no recovering. It would, that, that would be the craziest day maybe in Braves history. Uh, it would be I mean it would be so it would be so much fun. I don't think it's going to happen. If you gave me the Dodgers or the field, I'd probably take the Dodgers honestly. I think that's where it's always going to be, but can you imagine if like you were just scrolling Twitter one day and you see the Braves official account just tweet out Braves sign show here. Oh my god, it would be it would be pandemonium. I'm honestly surprised that somebody hasn't uh you know, done a fake one yet. And I haven't seen it. Oh, it's honestly, yeah, it's you kind know, of, and I mean, with, uh, let's be honest with the state of Twitter right now, um, you know, it wouldn't shock me one bit, you know, we probably, I probably just spoke it into existence, you know, and, uh, you know, somebody will, somebody will be so excited that they'll get spoofed on this, on it. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, uh, but you know, I hate to be the wet blanket on it, but I just don't, I don't think it ever had much of a chance. So, We'll just see how it goes. But, uh, you know, the, the Dylan C stuff, on the other hand, I did think the Braves were in on that. I do believe that they probably have explored that. There's been a lot of smoke around him. Uh, but the one thing, I think the White Sox are actually smart here. <clears throat> you know, they it, it, Ken Rosenthal reported that, you know, they're going to pull back and wait on some more of the big-name free agents to come off the board. You know, I'm guessing Blake Snell, uh, Jordan Montgomery, because teams are going to, you know, the, obviously the teams that miss on them uh, may circle back to cease. I think the one thing that cease people are overlooking with the price of starters this offseason, I mean, even a guy like Lance Lynn, who had a terrible season last year, what did he get, $11, $12 million for one year? Cease is going to make around 8 this year. And then it'll go obviously go up in, in 2025 through arbitration, but it's not going to jump you know, extremely, extremely high. And I just think the price, man, the price on him may be just, you know, skyrocketing. Uh, I wondered if getting Kellenic was an opportunity, you know, to 
supplement a, a package for the you know from the Braves uh, because you know obviously I don't think they're going to want to part ways with AJ Smith Shaver and Hurston Waldrop. Uh, you know, maybe you could pry one of them away, uh, but I don't think they would be willing to give up two. And I don't know that the white, uh, Von Grissom makes that much sense for the White Sox, actually. Yeah, that I it is it is tough because I I do I agree with you. I think I think the Braves are definitely in on cease. I think they've been on in on cease from the beginning. The problem is, you know, when you're talking about the top free agents. When you're talking about Blake Snell, or you're talking about Yamamoto, or you're talking about Nola, or you're talking about Shohei, you know that there's a probably a pretty small group of teams that are actually in that, right? And if you're one of those teams, then yeah, you have to have the best offer, but you probably have the, the best offer among like five teams. The problem with guys like Cease is that he makes so little money that it's any team that's got a decent farm system can be in on this deal. And that's a lot more teams than the number of teams that can hand out $300 million contracts. And so, you know, you're fighting a lot more people for a guy like Cease than you would be for a guy like Yamamoto or Nola. Um, so it just makes it that much harder because, and I've talked about this before, it's not just about coming up with a package that is in a vacuum equal to Dylan Cease. You have to come up with the package that is better than every other package out there. And that's, you know, when you've got so many teams, and I'm guessing there's, I mean, I've seen reports that there's like, Two thirds of the league that are in on are uh, in on cease because, like you said, he makes no you know relative to other starters, he makes very little money. He's got two years of team control. He's very good. Throws hard, strikes people out. I mean, you know everything everybody everything everybody looks for these days. He's got so um, I, it's going to be tough. I do think the Braves are in it, but I don't. I, I that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to get done because the competition for a guy like Cease is significantly higher than you know, the competition for guys like Snell or, or Yamamoto, just because there's not, you know, there's only a certain number of teams that can be in on those top guys. But when you're talking about trades, you know, you can really get a, a large majority of the league in on a deal like that. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Um, you know, I think the Braves, like I said, I think they'll still be in on that. And, you know, if if they moved Kellenic, this is probably the only place I could see them moving him you know, if, if they decided to go that route, but, um, you know, it doesn't appear that anything imminent, uh, is going to happen with him. You know, a couple other guys they've been linked to this week, um, you know, by various reports, Seth Lugo, Tyler Glass. Now Lugo, I thought could be a buy low, uh, maybe, a, an under the, not really a buy low, but an under the radar type of, uh, a stealth signing by the Braves. But man, the way this off season's gone now, I, I was listening to podcast today and they're expecting him to get three or four years. You know, so there's nothing under the radar about that. Um, you know, and, and it just speaks to, you know, just how how few options there are out there. Uh, you know, especially now that you know you, you Sonny Gray and Aaron Nola and some of these other guys are off the board. So, Glass now, I really like Glass now, but you got durability uh, question mark with him, and you know, it's just a one year deal. Uh, basically, if you you know if you trade him, you, you trade for him, you're going to hope that uh, you can uh, you can extend him and if he has a monster season you know it may be hard uh so and if he's healthy i think he is capable of a monster season yeah it's 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 going to be tough for the braves to sign a pitcher or trade for a pitcher with one year of team control just because of of, you have so much uncertainty with max next year you have so much uncertainty with charlie you know do you really want to add a third guy that you that you know could potentially just walk out the door um after after 2024 so yeah i think if you're going to do something, you, I'm guessing if Alex had his way, he, anything he does would be multiple years. 
So at the very least, he only has to, you know, look at two rotation spots next year instead of having to figure out three. Um, you know, Glass now, I, I, I've always liked Tyler Glass now. Like you said, he's got durability issues. He's going to cost $25 million, um, which is obviously not cheap. You're going to have to give up, you know, obviously a package of prospects and then pay the $25 million. You're only going to get one year. Um, so that's a tough sell, you know, that, you know, but teams do it all the time. I mean, you know, Juan Soto just got traded, um, and, and a team had to pay him $30 million and, and hand up, hand over four players and, and they did it. So, uh, but it, that, that's a tough sell for the Braves one year of team control. So, uh, that one would surprise me more than, than cease would, you know, Corbin Burns is another one. Um, you know, he's got one year, Shane Bieber's got one year, any of these guys that got one year you got to give up prospects and you got to pay, you know, obviously the salary that's tough. And especially when you can just go sign a guy and keep all your prospects and that, you know, if I have my druthers, that's what, that's what I, I would rather Braves just go sign somebody, just sign a free agent, keep all your prospects, keep Waldrop, keep AJ Smith, Shaver, um, keep Kelnick. I mean, just go sign a guy that, that, you know, if I, if I had my way, that's what I, I would hope they would do, but we'll see. There's a lot of options out there. Yeah. And I mean, I will say this, you know, I don't think Burns is likely just because I don't think there's any chance that anybody's going to sign him to an extension. Uh, you know, we talked about this last week, but you know, he's probably going to be the biggest name pitcher on the market next year, you know, short of Shohei Otani taking a one-year deal. Uh, you know, and then plus he's got Scott, Scott Boris as his agent and, uh, Scott usually typically, uh, takes his guys to free agency, you know, on the, on the flip side, I think Glassnow's had enough injury history that, you know, you might be able to extend him. Um, I think it'd be possible. Same with Shane Bieber. If you acquired him, I think there's a, you know, there's at least a remote chance. Now this is me talking without knowing who their agent is. Obviously if it's Boris, um, you know, then maybe that changes the calculus, but those are two guys, you know, that's had some injuries that might be looking at that security if they, if they could get it. So, um, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it's paramount that if they add somebody, you really want somebody that can help you beyond 2024. Uh, just because of the situation with the rotation. Um, now, I, I did. I, would, I threw this last question in there. What if they don't acquire a starter? And just looking at it, I mean, basically it would give you Strider, Freed, Morton, Elder as the top four, and then, you know, uh, a laundry list of guys competing for that fifth spot. I know Snit was asked if, you know, I mean, what else is he going to say, honestly, you know, but he was asked if he was comfortable going to spring training with the group they had. Alex was asked the same thing, and he, he was he said the same thing, and I think it'd probably – Lopez would probably be the guy that got the first crack at the, at the fifth starter spot. And, you know, if that's the scenario, I wouldn't be surprised to see him add another, uh, you know, decent reliever to the mix. I mean, I've done, already done a ton of stuff to the bullpen. Uh, but you know, if they go that route, then I think they're really going, they really might look at Lopez as a starter and to see if he can fit into that fifth spot and just roll with it. And then, you know, at the same time, they'd probably be looking for a starter again at the trade deadline. Yeah. They're going to have to get a starter either now or at the trade deadline. I think, I don't think, I mean, maybe you get lucky in Smith Shaver or or Waldrop or ready, but you don't ever want to depend on 20, 21 year old prospects being critical parts of your rotation if it happens then great then you got lucky but you don't want that to be plan a um and you know you still don't know what you're going to get with bryce elder he had that obviously disastrous second half um you don't know what you're going to get with charlie 
He's 40, 40 years old. You know how durable. Max had the arm stuff last year. He missed four months with uh, with elbow stuff. You know, it's just a lot of questions. It's a lot of questions. Ronaldo Lopez hasn't started in in a few years. He's always been better as a reliever. So, you know, how much can you really depend on that? It's a lot of questions. And I I would just I think everybody would feel better with one more established you know, high quality starting pitcher. And it just helps alleviate all of those things for all of those guys. You're just a little less dependent on all of them because you got one more guy. So I would love to see him go get one more guy. I, I would love to, you know, it'd be a, you know, somebody that can at least be a, like a number three starter in their rotation. Uh, but we'll see, you know, obviously the deal has got to match up uh, dollars or, or trade package wise. So, uh, but I do think as we sit here today, with left field taken care of, you know, they're, they're going to have to add some bench pieces at some point. But I think one, you know, if they get one more starting pitcher, you can kind of, you know, clap your hands. That's that's the offseason. Like, that's that's a great offseason. If they get one more guy, then I would 100% be okay taking that group to, to spring training. I would take this group to spring training as well, but I'd be super nervous about the rotation because you're one injury away from, depending on elder, depending on, a 20 year old, I mean, it gets, it gets hairy quickly. And if you lose multiple guys then you're really, you know, you're, you're really in trouble. So one more starting pitcher and I'd feel great. Yeah. I think, I think one more, I agree with you. I think one more pitcher, uh, you know, puts them over the top. I think the, you know, they can just about check all the boxes uh, that they, uh, they had coming into the off season. If we get that. All right, real quick, uh, some other big news around the baseball today, uh, this week. Obviously, Juan Soto to the Yankees. I don't know about you. I've always kind of felt like Juan Soto was going to end up with the Yankees. To me, he always looked like a Yankee. Uh, you know, he just kind of he had to do a little stop in San Diego before he got there. Um, you know, we'll see if they can uh, uh, sign him. I think they sure hope have to hope they did because they gave up a lot of guys, a lot of a uh, lot of pitching to get him. You know, obviously you can't get better trading Juan Soto, but uh, you know I thought the Padres did exactly what they needed to do. Uh, cut, they was able to save some money and add a bunch of arms in the process. You know, I don't know this Yankees lineup should be scary. I don't know how they're going to handle the outfield. Uh, I think we were talking about that in Slack today, but um, you know, uh, it, it's wild to me that Juan Soto, as good as he is, he's already been traded twice and he's 25 years old. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's just wild to me. It's, 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 uh, and I mean, and there's a chance he moves again, you know, next off season. Yeah. 25 years old and on a, you know, on a hall of fame path, like not just, it's not just that he's young is that he's young and he's freaking awesome. Like that's the amazing part. Uh, I mean, he's been traded for two monster packages too. So that tells you how good he is. Yeah. It, that's a, that's a fun trade. Of course, you know, Soto is amazing. The idea that you're going to play Aaron judge in center field, seems like just a disastrous plan. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. That could just be some speak, you know, some some GM speak to try to hold up leverage, you know, if they're trying to move for Duco or something. But I would not put Aaron Judge in center field for 162 games because I think he'd make it about a month before his hamstrings gave out. But we'll see. That's a fun trade. Yeah, and I mean, I think if I look at – when I look at that roster, I think a guy like uh, Giancarlo Stanton is the one that's probably in – in trouble you know and there's a lot of money they owe him a lot of money still but that roster that roster looks completely different if you can put Trent Grisham in center field and then uh you know have the DH spot for Soto uh Judge and and Verdugo 
but we'll have to see how they do. Um, another big signing, Wardo Rodriguez. Kind of thought he might be a Braves target. Uh, I think the reports were he was down to two teams. I haven't heard who the other team was, but he ended up going to the Diamondbacks four years, $80 million. That's got a fifth-year option uh, with incentives. I think he can take it up to around $100 million. I thought that was a pretty good uh, deal for him. Uh, you know, you, if you're looking at it, you probably really would have liked to have not had to give him f- the fourth or the you know fourth year. Uh, but in this climate, you were always going to have to. Yep, that's the price of doing business in the free agent market. Is always it's usually one more year than you really want to spend, and that's how you get a deal done. Um, that's how the, the Phillies got Nola, but that's a good, that's a fun rotation. I mean, with Gallon and and Merrill Kelly, and now Eduardo Rodriguez. You know they got to figure out a bullpen. They got to still they still need to fix their bullpen, but that's a fun road. That's a really fun rotation. Um, obviously, they made the World Series. They weren't actually that great last year. They had a negative run differential and an eighty four win team. But um, you know, the, the, you could do much worse than Gallon, Kelly, and, and Rodriguez, and for your top three guys. Yeah, and a, a good young roster, and uh, you know, I think a pretty good minor league system. So they'll be fun to watch. Uh, you know, they're just in the same division as the Dodgers, so it's always tough. Heimer Candelario, three years, $45 million to the Reds. I've been a fan of Candelario for a while. I'm just surprised he went to the Reds because it seems like they've got a whole roster of infielders. Uh, I expect them to make a, a, another trade or two before spring training. Yeah, the Reds collect infielders like the Marlins collect second basemen. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. They're going to have to trade a co- one, maybe multiple people because they got so many guys. But he's a good hitter. He's always been a good hitter. You know, the fact that Detroit just let him go for free has always been a head-scratcher, and, and obviously he got paid. So $45 million, you know, that's a big deal, especially for the Reds. The Reds don't hand out contracts like that a lot, so that's a that's a good deal for him. Especially when the Reds are, you know, need needing starting pitches too. Uh, they got to find they got to yeah. find some they got to find some pitching. Yeah, to see them go forty five million dollars on an uh, on an extra infielder was uh, significant. There, you know, that's a that's a good ballpark for Candelario. It'll be interesting to see what kind of numbers he put up. And uh, you know, the last one, uh, Craig Kimbrell, uh, old friend uh, to the Orioles, one year, thirteen million. This is Kimbrell's fifteenth season in the in the majors. He's got four hundred and seventeen career saves. It seems like it was just yesterday that he was replacing Billy Wagner in Atlanta. And you know he was on a he's. I mean I don't know. I think a lot of people are uh, have soured on Kimbrell of late. You know he's had some blow ups in the postseason when everybody's paying attention. Uh, but he was on a Hall of Fame path for a long time, and and you know, and I'm I'm anxious. You know it, he's with a good team again. He was with the Phillies last year. He's with the Orioles now. Um, of course, Felix Bautista is going to miss the whole season, so Kimbrel will step in there for one year. Uh, you know, he 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 may be able to put up an, another monster, uh, a good save number, and then you know it's going to be interesting to see where you know where he's at. Uh, you know, when he does call it a career. Yeah, that's another team, the Orioles, that they need some they need some starting pitching. I mean, both the Reds and the Orioles handing out you know, I would say decently significant money. Uh, especially the Reds with uh, Candelario, but you know, Kimbrel got 13 million. It's good. Obviously, you had to have somebody because, like you said, Batista's out for the year. But both those teams got to add some starting pitching at some point, or it's not going to matter. Yeah, I agree. And uh, maybe the best news, if you're an Orioles fan, was uh, I think there was a group interested in, in buying them, uh, which might be might be the best thing that could happen to them, especially if they want to invest because yeah. they've got a a really talented young core uh, that they need to keep together and they need to add to it because I think they could be, they're going to be really good for a long time if they play it right. So uh, I think that's it. Anything else you want to hit before we get out of here? 
Nope. I would, you know, this, uh, let's see what time is it? It's 934 Eastern. So uh, we're about to be done recording. So if, if history holds, then the Braves should be completing a trade in about 30 minutes. So if you want to hold out for that, that should be coming pretty soon. And then we'll figure out what we're going to do from there. But we, uh, we, you know, we appreciate it as always. It's, it's a fun time of year. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of rumors, a lot of things that could happen. Uh, not a lot of stuff actually happens, but at least it's fun to talk about. And um, yeah, we appreciate it as always. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.